This is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Yes, I am your host, Todd C. Slater, and you've tuned in to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010. Hey, for all of you that showed up at our seminar on Wednesday night, I'd like to say thanks. It was completely packed house. And, you know, I love asking the question, how many of you tune into the show? And I couldn't believe it. I think everybody put up their hands. So it's awesome when we see that many people that are actually tuning in. It turned out great. You know, good two hours, everybody. Great questions. A lot of great stories. So thanks so much. And to you for uh, listening every single week here at 4 p.m. on uh, News Talk 1010. You know how we kind of go off the beaten path every once in a while in real estate? It's not just about the sale price. It's not just about getting multiple offers. We all know what's happening in Vancouver and Toronto. But of course, there's a lot more to real estate than just dollars and cents. Near and dear to me, of course, everybody knows is my daughter. And you know, wherever you have your family, your loved ones, you make it a home. There's always that situation that you get yourselves into when you go out and you see the perfect home. It's got all the best furniture. It's been staged. It's decorated nicely. And you say, okay, got to have this home. You go into competition. You put your best foot forward. You go over asking, you know, multiple offers and you are the winner. You're elated. You're thinking to yourself, okay, I can't wait to move into that home. Well, Sure enough, moving day comes around, you know, you get given the keys from the lawyer, you get all excited, you put the key in the door, you turn on the light and you went, what happened? This isn't the house we bought. Well, see, the problem is sometimes when you're buying a home, you kind of get caught up in everybody else's decor. And when it comes down to decor, you know, you should personalize it. And one of the things that I know in the industry is that you should make your house your home. It makes it that much more important to you, your family. You know, the most important thing is how you live in your home. And we've got to figure out how do you do that. Now, fortunately for me, I have a special set of guests on the show today. And I am so fortunate to have them because they are professionals in the industry. And you know the best part about it is, you know, I get to hide behind a radio, but these gentlemen are front and center in your living room. And of course, their show is... Colin and Justin's Cabin Pressure. I don't know if you've watched the show, but I'm going to tell you, you need to tune in. And I want to welcome now Colin and Justin to Simply Real Estate. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Our pleasure to be here. Good to see you, Todd. How are you? Excellent, thanks. Good. You're totally talking our language. (laughs) You know, we're just listening and we're letting you lap over us like a tide, you know, of kind of real estate, kind of fabulous information. Because, you know, that's our thing. You know, it's all about your home being personal to you and not really being about, you know, the kind of dollar value, the bricks and mortar, but being more about hearts and minds. And people do move into their properties and suddenly they get that kind of like decor depression because it's bare, isn't it? And they're like, oh, okay, so where are we? You know, so we're always talking about how you should let your home style, you know, dictate your lifestyle and let these two things actually go together. So you actually fit into a home like a suit that's made for you. And sure, you know, maybe it's something you bought off the peg, but I think it's up to decorators, designers like us to come with some pins, nip it into place, make sure it fits you well and that you look your best in there. Okay, you know, you're setting chills up, you know, just just the way you describe it, because that that is such a great analogy. And a lot of people don't realize that they can actually, you know, it's it's not huge changes. You don't always have to go over budget. You don't have to spend a huge amount of money 
um, you know, like for instance, colors, you know, what's your take on colors? Because a lot of people want to go neutral and they, you know, they, they don't want to play with a palette. And in my opinion, when your home has character, not only are you adding value to your life, but you can actually add value to the home. Exactly. Do you know, color for us is absolutely crucial. We tend not to go overboard. We tend essentially to create neutral backdrops, but then we slam in a big solid accent wall of really confident coloration or some gorgeous wallpaper, or we bring color via textures and accessories and that kind of thing. But we, we've talked long and hard about the concept of staged stay. So many people create their homes for the market and then they come to that period in their life when their home looks brilliant, but they're moving out two weeks later. <laughs> so we're like, well, why not? generate a gorgeous livable lifestyle that you can enjoy through your stage to stay on a daily basis and I guess that's what we do whether we're working in a townhome a back split a condo uh, a city house whatever or a cottage for that matter as we've been doing lately on cabin pressure we're all about creating the optimum lifestyle and if it enhances value all the better I love your point there because stage to live you know, I don't think enough people know that. And the idea of stage to sell, of course, you know, there, there's a lot of shows out there. A lot of people are focusing, you know, a lot of people come out of the woodwork. Hey, listen, I'm a, I'm a home stager. You know, there's tons of companies out there. And it's amazing because I've had clients in the past where they turn around and they say, wow, if I had my house like this, I never would have thought of selling. You know, they think to themselves, they, <laughs> they should not sell because now it's the perfect home. And I love your analogy on it. When you take on a project, because again, this is something that you do on your show. Mm. Where do you start? Because, you know, a lot of times people have a blank slate, but they can't get their heads around it. Just even the effort to find somebody to do the job is very difficult for a lot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they take yourself out to a cottage country, you know, where there are less contractors out there. You know, they're all oversubscribed, you know, and it becomes even more difficult. Um, but you know what? It's like anything. You know, it's kind of it's kind of like therapy. You know, <laughs> you got to draw a line and say, today is the day of change, you know, and it starts from today. And uh, we always say to people, you know, whether you've got like a budget or not, um, what to do is to remove the negative things first, okay? So take away things that are broken, things you have duplicates of, of, things that you just don't like. You know, we all move into our first apartment. You inherit your grandmother's sofa because you need somewhere to sit. It's comfy. It does the job. You do not have to have it for 10 years. It doesn't have to move into the basement. And then when there's no space there, it doesn't have to move to the cottage. You actually can get rid of it. Cottage country is not the place for furniture to go to die. You know, so remove the negatives first. And then actually you might be left with a snapshot of who you and who you and your partner are because suddenly you can look at the pieces that maybe you purchased together when you moved in and think, oh, actually, we're quite into this whole mid-mod kind of feel because that's what we've gravitated towards. Sure, the kind of message has been masked in all the clutter of someone else's life, someone else's decor as well, you know, because sometimes we just move into someone else's building and we say, okay, I really don't like this color, we should paint this. And then 10 years later, you still haven't. You know, so we say, start today. You know, make that change now. And it's a weird thing when you then take that up to cottage country, you know, as we've been working like on Colin and Justin's cabin pressure, people buy a cottage. Why do you buy a cottage? You buy a cottage to escape, okay? Yeah. You are trying to escape your stresses. You're trying to escape the city. You are not looking for a hobby farm. So we say to people, okay, you know, you're going to be a, a weekend warrior. You're going to come up here every weekend, tinker, do a little DIY job, and you've put a couple of hundred bucks a, a week away for that. Why don't you just get a loan now? 
pay the couple of hundred bucks in the future, bring somebody in, get it all done, you know, for the in the first day, get it all done the first couple of months, and then that, you can enjoy your yeah, cabin. You know what? Years. You took the words right out of my mouth. And folks, if you're just joining us, I am so happy that I've got Colin and Justin from Colin and Justin's Cabin Pressure with me. I am a cottager at heart, grew up there, and one of the things that I, I've recognized over the years was I was that guy that used to turn around and say, oh, I got to do it this week, I do it this week. And so by the time, you know, you say, no beer before five o'clock, right? Because you had to get everything done. And then by the time five o'clock came around, rolled around, I was so tired. I didn't want to do anything anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so I finally realized that my time's more valuable. And especially with my daughter going up there. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, hey, daddy, can we do something? And it's like, no, but I got to do this. And then I said, forget it. I'm hiring people so I can actually have that lifestyle. That exactly. Lifestyle. That's really, really, really important. I mean, I think your place is Lake of Bays from memory. Is that yes, correct? Yes. Yeah. And you spend a lot of time up there, I imagine, with Love your six-year-old daughter. Um, that's what the cottage is about. It's the place where we go to enjoy time, to recover, to decompress. And what we love about that is the fact that we get to enhance people's lives as a consequence of the work that we do in cottages. It's also, from an investment point of view, it's interesting to see what's happening in the cottage market at the moment because so many people have been squeezed out of the urban investment marketplace because prices in Toronto's principal cities and the suburbs have just escalated to such a point that they're untenable for many. So now many of the people that we know are looking at cottage country as a means by which to invest. And we've seen flippers working in cottage country and doubling their money in, in a short amount of months. And on Cabin Pressure, our show, we've added at least 50 or 60% to the value of our home up in cottage country in Halliburton over the space of four months. So don't be scared that the real estate opportunity in Canada has been missed. Just start to look at it as a potentially different location to make money. And if cottage country can be that location, all better. You couldn't have put it better because one of the things that I try to tell our listeners here, the hub is always going to be the hub and, and it starts becoming more difficult to create cash flow. But as you know, you know, there's a lot of peak seasons in cottage country, but now the winters with cottages, you know, getting, you know, snow removal and, you know, heating source properly, you know, water, everything else. The winter season is actually becoming very popular and we're finding more and more people going up north. I go up all the time and there's lots of people up there, so... It's a weird thing, you know, and maybe sometimes it takes someone from another culture. You know, maybe you need a slightly kind of alien, <laughs> fresh set of eyes. Um, you know, but so we entered the whole kind of like cottage cabin market with no preconceptions, you know, yeah. because like we'd visited other people's cottages. They were a little bit tired. They were full of dated furniture. We were like, okay, this is the place where furniture goes to die. Um, and we thought, well, actually, it should be more than that. So we've kind of educated ourselves and we educate like our viewers and our readers about different things. And I think it's really interesting, you know, because for us, it's about the escape yeah. you know so if you drive for three hours and you're stuck in traffic on a friday night and the dvp yeah. and uh, you get there and you get to a little room that looks like a little suburban room anywhere and tiny little windows there's little sliding double windows we're like why would you you know so we actually we blow out walls yeah. and we glaze them so that i can wake up and actually not have the curtains there and just look at and the forest is right there. Yeah. You feel that you're having that experience. Something as simple as just changing the amount of glass yeah. changes the whole personality. You know, so I think our viewers, our followers have been a bit on a journey. And I think because we've always bought small 
Okay, so our last cabin was around about $300,000. The current cabin is about $300,000 as well. So these are not mansions we're buying at all. No, perfect. Okay, and they're things that you recognize. You know, the, the current one in uh, Cabin Pressure Season 3 is an 80s Viceroy. It looks like an army barracks. Well, I, before you go any further, I want to talk more about that. But we're going to go to a quick break. For so, sure. folks, you you got to stay with us. Call it and Justin. Awesome, awesome guest. So stay with us. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more. And we're going to find out about Season Three, so stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm Colin. And I'm Justin. We travel around the world designing high-end projects. Lately, we've become so addicted to renovating in the country that we just had to do it all over again. This time, we purchase a cabin as an income property to rent out to vacationers. So, can these two Scottish gents create a cottage to rent? The pressure's on. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Welcome back. We'll take your most lackluster lakeside retreats and deliver decorative heaven every time. This is terrible, this place. Look at the mushrooms growing in the forest system. Come this, on, this Randy. For, for a day one, this is probably the worst demo day ever known to man. That's $86,500 before we've even started to build the place. This is a house of rot. Now back to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. Hey, are you just tuning in? Because if you are, you're going to want to rewind the show and pick up the first segment because my guests, Colin and Justin, are here and we are talking about design, decor, all sorts of things dear to our heart. Of course, real estate, because we are here on Simply Real Estate. Gentlemen, uh, just before we went to the break, of course, you were starting to allude to season three um, for your show. And Mm -hmm. can you tell us what, what, what are we looking for? Do you know what? Cabin Pressure Season 1 in Muskoka was a triumph. We bought a log cabin and eventually we decided to flip it. Season 2, we bought a lovely little place in Halliburton on Drag Lake, which is now our cottage. Season 3 is slightly different because we've bought another cabin in Halliburton, also in Drag Lake. Um, But this time, as well as creating a beautiful environment, we're doing that to create the perfect Canadian rental retreat. So we bought this really run-down fixer-upper, a total nervous wreck of a house. And um, we knew we could make it better. So via a sequence of changes this Sunday actually um, tomorrow evening um, at nine o'clock on Cottage Live you'll see us completely change the skin of the cottage so we add entirely new black and timber tone siding gorgeous gorgeous a metal roof an incredible two and a half thousand square feet deck built by a company of Niagara called interestingly Boys with Big Decks um, I really love that really good fun guys and um, so they, they totally delivered they yeah. totally they, they built a, a brilliant deck um, and we landscape the two to make everything really appealing because I think when you go to cottage country you have an expectation of that which you'll find there and you want the the perfect vista the gorgeous deck but we've added an incredible outdoor sauna an outdoor spa a five-man outdoor barrel sauna with a a, a connected uh, electric shower sorry um, hot water shower and it's tucked into the forest right on the fringes of Drag Lake. I really think we've created the ultimate escape. Wow. I'm thinking of my cottage right now and I'm thinking, how do I get these guys to come over to my place? <laughs> you, you know, know what I you're have. doing though. Come on, yeah. you've, you've had your place for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. Spending money though, you know, I think yeah. that's the thing. And I think I think it's canny Scots, you know, I think we're just naturally frugal. Yeah. You know, I think it's part of our cosmetic makeup. It's part of who we are. Yeah. And uh, and so I think to pay for these bigger things, you know, it's, I think on the show we'll say to you, okay, this is what you got to spend on, you know, you got to spend on the fabric of the 
building. You got to sure. make sure you know that everything is kind of like properly done and safe and stuff. But then we'll start to penny pinch a little bit, you know. Yep. So like we put an IKEA kitchen in there, you know, which is not going to blow the budget. Awesome. But we pimp it up. We actually transform the island by putting in loads of kind of barn board. Uh, we wrap it in Caesar stone as well. So suddenly it becomes a thing. You know, it yep. stands up in its own. Um, when we're having our foundations laid, because uh, we lift the house and we have to redo some of the foundations. And, you know, they always bring way too much concrete because they have to keep it moving. Of you course. Know? They do that, pour the foundation, and then there's wastage. And you've got to get rid of that. And it's a problem. Um, so we actually build a huge form for that. We pour the concrete in. It's like a Jimmy Cagney movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Justin's going to put his feet in and we're going to throw him in the lake. <laughs> and, um, but we actually turn that into a polished concrete hearth for our new stove. So we're ah. always looking at ways to try and repurpose. You know, not waste things. Yeah. I don't want to stop going to dumps. I don't want to waste money that we've paid out already. If we can reuse things and bring them into the cottage, then it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because you've kind of gone full circle back to what cottaging was where you just piece things together yeah. and you made do and mend with what was there. So I think we're, we're kind of at the roots of the whole Canadian cottage, yeah. but in a 21st century way. Gee, that is so awesome. I love the idea that you know, what you said about the cement because a lot of people don't realize how how much waste is actually up in cottage country you know everything's going to the dump it's incredible love the ideas i know that you're super active on social media Where's the best way for our listeners to find you? Okay. Because, listen, I'm, I, you, you just won over a fan, huge, and I'm going to make sure that, you know, we become followers, so. Okay, well, absolutely. You can find, we're all over social media. We're on Instagram at Colin and Justin. Uh, we're on Twitter, and it's just Colin Justin. And we're Facebook, and again, it's Colin and Justin. So Instagram, Colin and Justin. Facebook, yeah. Colin and Justin. And Twitter, Colin Justin. And for us, social media is a brilliant way to engage with people who are interested, uh, whether they want to read one of our books or our newspaper columns in the Toronto Sun um, or whether they want to watch one of our shows we're talking about the things that we do we'll talk about the fact that we're in here talking to you and we'll, yeah. we'll appeal uh, and reach out to your fan base to come and listen to what we have to say because evermore social media has become such a challenging but important part of our business and without it we have a, a very much smaller audience it's a really important tactic yeah excellent well, I do want to talk a lot with you today because you know our listeners need to know a couple of things and, and there's a lot to, to look at. If somebody is thinking of selling their home, okay, and, and just from your advice standpoint, you know, a lot of people will say, hey, listen, declutter, take down personal pictures, things like that. But there's got to be a little bit of method to madness here. You know, we've got to, we do want to depersonalize, but you need to keep, I always tell people, leave some personality because people have to understand they're buying a Without home, a not doubt. a house. It's really What's important. What's your take on that? Um, well, obviously it's important to create an environment within which somebody else can see their life taking place, but you don't want uh, your home to be so stripped bare that a potential buyer can't imagine their life in there. So, I think creating a warm environment, something that's not overly dressed or overpowering, is always key. Um, to anybody thinking of selling, we say to fail to plan is to plan to fail. You have to have a strategy, do you know, and look at the stuff around about your home. And you have 100% of your belongings, but the chances are you're only using 20% of that stuff 80% of the time. So there's a whole lot of your life which is clogging up your space that isn't actually enhancing what you've got. And if you've got, let's say you've got a four-bedroom house and it's worth four 
400 grand and one of the bedrooms is completely unused and stuffed, then there's 100 grand's worth of wasted real estate opportunity. Show that to its best potential so everybody can completely understand the attraction of your every square inch. Yeah. You know, one of, one of the things that I've tried to encourage people is that when, when, when they have that mindset, because a lot of times people think, you know, a year or two in advance that they're going to sell. And I always came up with a theory and, and I've just learned this because I just, uh, I moved into a new home with my fiance. And uh, one of the things that I realized that going down to the basement, you know, you have these boxes and you, and you start saying, what is in that box? Well, if you hadn't figured that out, get, you rid. Used it, get rid of it, right? <laughs> and the whole idea of declutter is a lot more than just walking through and taking stuff out of closets. It's actually kind of purging your life a little. Is that something you try to encourage? Well, you know, absolutely. It, it, I mean, it makes you sound like a librarian, doesn't it, when you say like, <laughs> efficiency works. But actually, you know, your home should be like your iPod. You know, think it back in the day when you had all your vinyl in there, and I love all my vinyl, and I still have all my vinyl. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you had all your vinyl, or your albums and stuff, and you spent ages trying to find, I don't know, your electric light orchestra album, whatever. Now on your iPod, you just, you spin your thumb, you know, you scale up and down, and suddenly it's there. You know, so order works for us. So actually, if you can remove, like, the boxes from your basement that you haven't looked at in 10 years, you don't need them. Get rid of them. What you actually do need is that basement turned into something valuable. Yeah. Because, you know, you touch on it there, Justin. Um, if you look at your house as being worth, I don't know, you want to get $700,000 for it. I would actually just, I would get a piece of paper and I would draw my house out in the floors one, two, three. And I go, okay, we're getting, I've got 90% of my profitability in this floor. I got 100% on the main floor because the living room's great, kitchen's great, we spill out into the garden. And then I would look at the basement and if it's unfinished, there's a third, 30, 30, 33% yeah. of your profit is being wasted. So you've got to turn it into valuable space. And I think the thing that stops people actually doing that is that they don't know what to do, okay? So we're going to say to you right now. I want you to hang on to that thought. Okay, no I'm going to go right to break. We're going to come <laughs> directly back with that thought, okay? Because value is very important. So stay with us. We'll be right back. For the past two years, we've renovated two dilapidated cottages. First, there was a Toblerone log cabin, and then there was a slanty shanty, which we decided to keep for ourselves. This time, we've bought a cabin to renovate as an income property to rent out for vacation. We created this cabin for us. It's now time to take that to the next level and create something for the mass market. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. You know what, it's the first part of our reno is complete and I feel that we've printed off the first two pages in the Colin and Justin cabin brochure. This is wonderful. That, however, that cabin there, raised as it is off the ground, jacked up. Still a lot of work to be done in that, Colin. There's a long journey to be had. Well, if it all gets too much for you, Justin, don't worry, because you do have a method of escape. A kayak. Well, there's virtually no water in that lake for the moment, Colin, so you'd be dragging your bottom. Now, back to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. Hey, listen, you know what? It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Colin and Justin are here with me, and we uh, we were just talking about, obviously, you know, they've got their, their new season of cabin pressure coming up, but... Um, just before we went to the break, you know, I, I had to put the brakes on because we started talking numbers and, you know, it's like, hang on, hang on percentages. You know, people get that, you know, there, there, there's so much involved here. And when you were breaking down, you're breaking out beautifully that people need to understand that when you have unused space, it's unused value. And I, and, and I love the analogy. And I think people need to understand that more because, you know, everybody thinks they need 4,000 square feet, but they only live in a thousand. Yeah, exactly. And so it's a wasted opportunity, you know, and at the same time, when you're actually putting your house on the market, you are not inventing the wheel. 
Okay, so it's a product. You're putting a product onto the market. What do you do when you're putting a product onto the market? You investigate the market. You look at the competition, okay? So you're thinking, okay, we've been in this house for 25 years. We're empty nesters. It's looking a little bit tired. How do we get the most out of this? Go and look at the other houses, okay? See what they're worth. Look at the outgoing price on them and think, okay, you know what? That house got 200 grand more than we think we can get. What did they do to achieve that? You might surprise yourself because I think sometimes people overestimate what they have to do. So check out the competition and you might find that you you can just go to Ikea and put a new kitchen and you might not need a big fancy Italian kitchen to actually achieve the kind of most you can get in that market. You know, there's no point blowing a product way out of its top out of its top ceiling. You know, you don't want to do that, put too much money in. Like you wouldn't put a, a giant swimming pool in and expect to get all that money back. You know, so just be sensible in your spend and look at the competition. It's like if you're selling right. your card, you know, you're not going to sell your card dirty. You're going to polish it, get the upholstery cleaned. And that's what you have to do in the sales environment for homes. You make the best and sell for the best price. Of what you have, yeah, because a lot of times people, as you said, you, you touched on it, perfect Italian kitchen. But listen, if the house is worth seven hundred thousand, you don't put a hundred thousand dollar kitchen in a seven hundred thousand dollar house because you, you you've blown past the marketplace. Sure, yeah. And you know, one of the things I've always tried to teach our listeners when we talk about investment properties is that you know a lot of people they 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 get in their own way, their egos get in their way, and so when they're buying investment properties like you know some of the the, the new condos, for instance, they're like, hey, we need granite, we need crown molding, we need this, we need that, but yet they're over improving on the rental market, you're not going to get the return on your yeah, dollar. Yeah. You know, the, like there's a ceiling. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you're, you're not going to have a tenant pay you more rent because you got a granite countertop. Exactly. Do you know, I'll, I'll let you into a little secret. We've made mistakes in the past as well. We did a, a really big show in Britain called The Million Pound Property Experiment. It was a massive show on BBC Two and it transferred over to Canada and it became a big deal on HGTV. The premise of The Million Pound Property Experiment was that we started in a house worth £100,000. We renovated it, flipped it and bought another one and worked our way towards the million. Now, the process process worked really well. We actually ended up at 1.25 million house. However, halfway through the process, we stumbled because we bought what we thought was a really gorgeous house and it was in a family area and we made the interior a little inappropriate. We made it quite kind of, I don't know, a bit too modern and it had too many kind of bells and smells that didn't appeal to the family market. So it really stumbled on the market and a realtor came in and said, okay, you made a really good job, boys, but you haven't done a relevant or a market relevant change. So I think that's part of the reason that we became successful in Britain because we said, okay, this is what we did. It didn't work, but we're not too big to say it didn't work. So I think understanding the best of what your market can deliver and knowing how to match up the best of what you you can do as a, a facilitator, a fixer, a flipper, a stager, it's really, really important. I, I, you know what? I couldn't agree more. In fact, that's probably some of the best advice any one of my guests has ever given is that so many people go, they, they over improve, over improve over the market. And, you know, they have this high expectation, but they could have done less and gotten the same profit. Yeah, so maybe, yeah. it was, maybe instead of putting a whole new kitchen in, all you needed to do was put some new counters and change up the hardwares. And then you could put that saving towards the bathroom, which perhaps needed to be taken out. Um, and as well as the changes that you make in design and what that gives people when they move in, it's also the the saving of any inconvenience for the new buyer. If you take away all the problems, we call them red flags. You take away the problems, your buyer doesn't only love your house, but they love the idea that they don't need to do anything in that. So it's a cash saving and it's a time saver for them if you get it right. Excellent. So listen, let's talk a little bit 
uh, more about you, gentlemen. You've got also another show um, that's, and, and, and I'd love you to talk about it because sure. it sounds really exciting, the whole idea, and, and, and you're judges, is that right? You know, we are judges. Uh, it's a great show that's going to launch on the W Network on uh, April the 12th, 10 o'clock it's on. Uh, it's called Game of Homes. It's actually season two. And um, it turns out that the Canadian property market is so desperate. People are so desperate to get on the property ladder that they are willing to put themselves in a reality show to make that happen. <laughs> um, it was filmed in Vancouver last year. This year it's filmed in Toronto. And we are the weekly judges on it. But they've taken four houses, four bungalows that are due for demolition. And it turns out that people are so desperate for housing stock these days that just the way you get scrapyards for cars and you can go and buy parts and stuff, there are now scrapyards for houses. Okay, so people will lift when they're clearing land, they'll sell the houses and the house lifters will come, take them away and then you can buy them. And actually they're about $40,000, $50,000. So not expensive. So it's wow. actually, if you've got some land and you're thinking, okay, I want to put a building on there, that might be something you should look at. But they've taken four of these, created a comedy cul-de-sac, if you like, and then four teams compete with each other to try and win the house and the land to put it on. Excellent. And so you're both judges. Yeah, so we are. What, what's the criteria? What are you looking for? What are you judging? We're looking for a combination of excellent workmanship, design bravery, and really competent ability to understand design and how it can enhance the value and the, the final vision of the house. And we had four teams and each of those competing duos, each of those duos would some weeks do a great job. Other weeks, they might miss a couple of opportunities. So we were like almost like the Paul Abdul and Simon Cowell of the property world in reality so shows. Which one's which? I like to pull my trousers up really far to my nipples, so that's probably me. But we had we had such a good time in that show and it, it was really humbling to watch those four couples working so hard for each other. And they weren't just love couples, there was a mum and a son, there were two best friends, there was a, a lovely young engaged couple. Um and in fact one of the one of the, the Are couples, they still engaged? Yeah, I think so. I think they got through yeah, four, four really interesting interesting and very different couples. Um, it was what was what I found really interesting was one of the the people on the show is a realtor and she excelled when it came to final dressing of the houses because she had seen so many houses dressed well and so many houses not dressed well so she knew exactly how to get it right so without spoiling any of the show and telling you what happens she certainly had some strength but by golly she had some weaknesses as well which yeah. you'll see on the show oh, yeah and it's one of those weird shows isn't it you know you touched upon this couple you know the engaged couple are they still engaged because it's stressful isn't Very, it yeah. you know renovation is really stressful and um, we were watching this and sometimes we were like is this a Canadian show? Because there have been some real temper tantrums, there's big fallouts in this as well. You know, yeah. without ladling all, all the kind of phony baloney drama. Sure. Um, it's all real. You know, these people are under the microscope. They're in this kind of little, kind of like microcosm, tiny, tight universe of renovation. And they've all got their eyes on the prize, and that is to get onto the property ladder. Yeah. You know, and so you, you see people doing these incredible things and tasks, and you think, wow, you know what? For, for, for real life, for everyday people, it is a game of homes out there as well, isn't it? Is, it? Because it is. we're all trying to find a way to get on there to find our home. You know, and you talk about your seminars and stuff. You're yep. out there trying to give people alternatives because people, are, they just don't have any choices. That's one of the hardest things for people is that figuring out, A, what's out there. Can they afford it? 
because, you know, money, money is getting tighter and tighter in this marketplace. You know, folks, I have to tell you, I've watched your show before. Colin and Justin, I've watched your show, thought it was awesome. Love the banter, love the personality, because to me, that's the engaging part of having you. Today has been absolutely awesome. I'm going to tell everybody, listen, you need to follow these gentlemen. They are absolutely awesome. Their ideas, you got to watch their show. Follow them on Twitter, uh, Colin and Justin, for sure. Thank you so much oh, our pleasure. for coming on today. It's been like, honestly, a real thrill for me because it's nice to see a different perspective. So thank you so much for joining us today. Our pleasure. Yeah. And I hope you guys will tune into both the shows, both Cabin Pressure and Sunday oh. College Life at 9 and then Game of Homes when it kicks off on the 12th at uh, 10 o'clock on the W Network. Excellent. So folks, make sure you put that in your calendar. You've got to watch these guys. They are awesome. And definitely, I would love to have you come back sometime. Our sure, pleasure. Sure. Excellent. Our thank pleasure. you so much. Anyways, folks, stay with us. We'll be right back after this. A day without wine is a day without sunshine. It's so restful up here, isn't it? Do you know, looking back, I didn't think that we'd end up up here almost every single weekend. Do you know what I love about it? I love the legacy. I love the fact that I wake up here every single morning and I see how this was before, I see how it is now, and I love the transformation. And it just, it gives me a fire in my belly. Looking back, it wasn't easy. And bloody hell, I enjoyed every single drama. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. Hey, listen, you know, I want to thank my guests once again, Colin and Justin. Man, those guys, honestly, you know what? They have so much life, so much personality, um, awesome, awesome ideas, and, you know, one of these, uh, this is one of those shows that I'd tell you, you know, definitely replay it because some of their advice, the idea of staging your home to live is absolutely brilliant. I try to tell people that, but, uh, you know, these guys do it. They, they live and breathe it and they have a great, great eye for detail, design and decor. I got to tell you, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, listen, you know, earlier in the hour, I was talking about our simple seminar that happened on Wednesday and... I know a few people can't always make it out to the seminar. You know, we had a, a packed house. Uh, it was absolutely full, which is always awesome to have. And again, thank you for all of you that showed up. But um, for those of you that sometimes can't make it out to these kind of things, you know, I still want to kind of give you a little bit of a taste on what happens in these seminars so you have a little bit better understanding. And again, this isn't a sales pitch. This is not me trying to tell you, you need to buy something from us. Because for those of you that attended, I know from a lot of the comments, it's like, uh, this was not a hard sell. I left my visa card at home. There was none of that. And, and there never is. And it's really for us to have a conversation about investment real estate. And one of the reasons why I believe that everybody should own it. So it always starts off with the why. Why should you own investment real estate? And again, this has, this has nothing to do with me or or the simple investor. This has everything to do with you. Why do you think that you should own investment real estate? Why should you own investment real estate? And there's so many reasons why that I think people should, but I, you know, I, I'll just touch on a couple of them. One that I believe, of course, is the fact that investment real estate can be created generational. In other words, you know, you've heard me talk about my daughter. Um, you've heard me say that, you know, you know, lots of things about her, but more, more importantly, it's creating a future for your children. And, and that's one of the reasons why I do it. One of the reasons why I own investment real estate is the fact that I want to be able to create a future for her. And this is one of those things that investment real estate, when you work with it over time, and again, this is not a 
quick rich. You should never look at real estate as that quick flip because eventually that ends. What you should do is understand what it can do for you. And when you look at the numbers, the numbers don't lie. Holding on to real estate for a long period of time allows the debt to go down, values go up. If you've done it correctly, you've got a, you know, a tenant paying you on a regular basis. So if this is done correctly, real estate can be the best investment for your life but also your kids and perhaps your grandkids because it can continue on through the generations. Now, one of the other motivators, of course, that I think is that when we have to look at this realistically, you know, we can turn around and think that, you know, the government's going to be able to provide for us or for that matter that, you know, our company's pensions are all going to be in place. But let's be real. We know that the financial future um, is, is, is questionable. We take a look at it, you know, we have all these actuaries that are telling us right now that some of these funds may falter. Does the government have enough funds or are we going to have to keep increasing our taxes uh, to be able to fund everybody's retirement? Listen, we're going to have a slew of people. Think about it. We have over 35 million people in Canada. In about 10 years, we're going to have about 10 million that are in retirement age and they have to collect CPP, OAS, you know, not everybody has full pension, so they're going to rely a lot on these things. How much money do we have? So one of the things why I like investment real estate is it will give you a growing asset. So when you do hit retiring years, if you have to sell it, if you have, if you've got it paid off, you have income coming from it, or you can do what I call leverage to live, which means you're allowed, you can refinance a little bit of money out, use it, let your tenant pay it back, you know, paying down the mortgage, and then you do it again and you create a cycle. Now, of course, it's hard to express on the air here. So what I'd like to say is that, hey, listen, as you know, you can always reach me at thesimpleinvestor.com or you can call me at 905-812-2524. And, you know, you can always book a uh, meeting with me because I'm always happy to meet with everybody. So let's get back to the reasons, though. One of the next reasons that I think that people should be looking at it is not just for your children's future, meaning that the whole idea of, you know, passing it on to them, but what about their shorter future, meaning university. You know, universities are getting more and more expensive. And of course, we want our kids to get the secondary educations. We want them to to go further. We want them to be, you know, if possible, have professions. But how do you afford it? You know, some people are living paycheck to paycheck. So how can you possibly afford to send two or three children to university? Well, the idea of investment real estate is that you could actually turn around, you know, own a property for five or 10 years, let it pay itself down, refinance, pull some money out, send your kids to university. It's done. And this is, again, something you need to plan. Now, when we talk about retirement, of course, this is the one that, you know, I look at things twofold. You have family that could be retiring. You could have people that are going into retirement homes and it's very expensive. When you look at your future life, you can't tell what's going to happen. I can't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. I can't tell you what's going to happen next month or next year. It's really hard to gauge what your future will hold. But what happens if you have a need to be able to put somebody into a retirement home and they're very expensive and how do you afford it? Again, when you have built yourself up a portfolio of real estate, unlike, let's say, a stock when you're in your RSP and you start selling things off and you start having your asset base go down, in real estate, it replenishes itself. So you take a look at the just the real estate itself. You put a mortgage on, you pay it down. You increase the mortgage, you pay it back down. You increase the mortgage again, you pay it back down. It's a cycle. When you typically have to sell your stock, you may not be creating that cycle and eventually you can run out of money. 
I'm not saying that you're using an investment real estate for an as an ATM, but you are definitely using it to create some future wealth. So we got an idea of who or why we should be doing this and who can help us. But when you look at it, why does it make sense to buy investment real estate? And I came up with a theory because it wasn't my theory. It actually started when the first landlord, which was the Lord of the land, rented out property for a return. And the idea behind it is, is that and I call it the simple equation. It's the equity increase or the value increase in the property. So over time, historically, it always goes up. And I'm not saying that you can't have a downturn market, but eventually everything goes up. And then we have mortgage pay down and we have cash flow. So this is part of what I call the simple equation. So value increase, mortgage pay down, and cash flow. Now, this is really difficult in some markets. And the reason why is the actual rent does not carry enough. So yes, you're hoping for the value increase, but the problem is it's the mortgage pay down. If you're subsidizing with your own money, then is it an investment or are you a nonprofit organization? And that's part of the problem. Again, we need to take a look at why does investment real estate work? So if you've just tuned in, I'm your host, Todd Z. Slater, and you are tuned to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010. I'm kind of giving you the basic premise of what we normally do in our seminars. And, you know, this past Wednesday, we had one full house. Great. Thank you so much for coming. But I like letting people know if you can't make it the seminar, we can give you the basic principle of investment real estate and what works. So when we, you know, when we take a look at it, what's your real motivation and why does it work? And it's really about the factors of letting the value go up a little, let the mortgage come down and cash flow. Cash flow is the tough one. If you're in a marketplace and you have zero cash flow, you're negative, then I call you a nonprofit organization. So we need to find places that you can get positive cash flow. And again, it's not necessarily just a location like Toronto or Vancouver, because there are so many investment properties there that are underwater and people are subsidizing. They're pulling out their hair saying, I wish I never bought. And that's the one thing, if you're going to tune in and, you know, uh, next week, by the way, I'm going to have, a, I'm going to have the, uh, the phone lines opened. I, I didn't open them up uh, today, but I'm going to have them open next week. And we're going to talk all about, you know, investment real estate. We're going to talk all about real estate, but ultimately in the end, what you need to do is positive cash flow and where. So the ultimate question is where do you go down to the U S do you buy in a foreign country or can you buy in your own backyard just a little bit closer to the fence? And this is why I talk to people about investment real estate. There are so many locations in Southern Ontario that give you positive cash flow, but you have to find them. And that's the thing. It's a price and rent and the two ratios, how they meet. And ultimately, in the end, investment real estate should have positive cash flow after everything. Now, as you know, you have to put 20% down on a property. That's your typical down payment. Now, 20% down, 80% mortgage, so 80% loan to value. Now, how do we carry that? You need property taxes if you have a condominium fee, a management fee, and obviously your mortgage payment. How does that carry? Well, the ratio has to work. And normally, when you take a look in the outer markets, they will have positive cash flow. Now, when I talk about outer markets, I'm not talking about Timbuktu. I'm talking about areas like, you know, and, and, and Hamilton has been a big one, uh, Oshawa, but I'm also talking about a little bit further. So we can talk about areas like St. Catharines, Woodstock, London, Kitchener, and then there's outer markets even further than that. And the prices go down, but the ratios still work. And this is so important. So important that we went out and just so you know, 
we've got a brand new development that has positive cash flow. Every single time you put 20% down, positive cash flow. But here's the best part, folks. It's $100,000 to buy a two-bedroom townhome and $109,000 for a three-bedroom townhome. And you definitely have positive cash flow with 20% down. Now, I know you think to yourself, well, that's unheard of. You know, $100,000. What could I be getting? You get a really good place. And they all exist. So this is a new release that we're coming up. Uh, it'll be released in exactly... Uh, 25 days from today. And what I'd like you to do is go to the simpleinvestor.com. Uh, you can ask for more information. You can email uh, our, uh, our, our staff there and they will definitely respond and keep you up to date and put you on the list so you get the information right away. You can give me a call, 905-812-2524 to book an appointment or a meeting. And by the way, it's always free. Uh, we don't uh, believe in uh, anything but meeting for free. And um, so that's it. So listen, I think that uh, ultimately in the end, um, you know, there's lots of reasons to come to Simple Seminar, but more importantly, I think there's lots of reasons for you to buy investment real estate, and this is something you can do. So for all of us here at Simply Real Estate, I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. I'll talk to you next week and get your questions ready because I'm going to be live. So thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon.